I'm Andrew Smith. This is Today in Church History, a place where we're reminded that history is truly his story. History is the story of God and the demonstration of his glory in the theater of world events. Today is Thursday, June 20th, 2019. But on this day in history, June 20th, 1926, a memorial service was held for Amy Simple McPherson. In May 1926, along the beaches of Los Angeles, a small company of grievers walked in unison, every so often dropping to their knees to pray in the hot California sun. As tears filled their eyes and the chant of, Amy is with Jesus, came from their cracking voices, deep sea divers searched the waters for their leader's body, Amy Simple McPherson, the popular megachurch celebrity and founder of the Foursquare Gospel Churches. She had disappeared after taking a swim on May 18. Before it was all said and done, one church member and a diver died. In all, Amy Simple McPherson would go missing for five weeks. Simple McPherson's mother, Minnie Kennedy, known as Ma Kennedy, tried ending the national story by holding a memorial service for her daughter on June 20, 1926. A few days later, however, her daughter was found collapsed in a Mexican desert. This incident, her whole life filled with drama, controversy, and mystery, was never fully resolved. Rumors swirled that she disappeared in order to have an abortion or to go on an escapade with her lover. Sightings of her lover, a regular on her radio program, with an unidentified woman in Northern California during the time of her disappearance, fed these rumors. Nevertheless, McPherson claimed she was lured to a vehicle after her swim in the Pacific Ocean. The three people inside the car drove her across the Mexican border, drugged her, and held her hostage in a shack. She was able to escape, traversing some 20 miles across the Mexican desert before being found. A collection of ransom notes received by her mother, but thrown away at the time, seemed to support her story. The media, however, doubted her and investigated the story, along with a grand jury. But no solid conclusions were ever reached. Who was Amy Simple McPherson anyway? How did she rise to celebrity status within the Pentecostal movement? And what can we learn from this charismatic, no pun intended, historical figure? Born into a somewhat religious family on October 9, 1890 in Ontario, Canada as Amy Kennedy, Sister Amy, as she would later be called, would become the primary influencer of Pentecostalism. She is the mother founder of the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel that now boasts some 60,000 congregations worldwide. Returning to the United States from China after burying her husband, Sister Amy began the Pentecostal movement as a 20-something, a single mother at that. Growing up, Sister Amy was known for her rebellion. Her mother, Minnie Kennedy, was devoted to the Salvation Army. Yearning to go to the mission field but unable to do so due to her domestic responsibilities, she dedicated Amy, her firstborn, to God. She promised to give her to God, and I quote, unreservedly into your service, that she may preach the word I should have preached, fill the place I should have filled, and live the life I should have lived in thy service, end quote. But as she grew up, Amy questioned the faith, even mocking, as she called it, the tambourine-thumping Salvation Army. She rebelled in her own way by attending movies and reading novels. In 1907, she heard the preaching of Robert Simple in his so-called Holy Ghost Revival in Ontario. Under the influence of Simple, Amy Kennedy claimed to be baptized in the Spirit where she received the gift of speaking in tongues. She married Robert Simple in 1908. The two headed off to China to serve as missionaries, but they both contracted malaria. 
Only two years into their marriage, Robert succumbed to the disease and died in 1910, leaving Amy Simple, who was pregnant with her only child, Roberta. Upon returning to the United States, Amy Simple met an accountant by the name of Harold McPherson in New York. They moved to Rhode Island to raise their family. But trying her best to be a housewife, she grew restless and bored. After giving birth to a son by the name of Rolf, Amy Simple McPherson deserted her husband, taking both children with her in 1915. They divorced in 1921. The reason she gave for leaving her husband was that she felt a calling to preach the gospel. She heard God's voice telling her to preach the word. So she traveled around conducting evangelistic tent meetings across the country. Traveling in a 1912 Packard convertible painted on the side, Jesus is coming, get ready. Amy Simple McPherson's popularity rivaled that of famous former baseball player turned evangelist Billy Sunday. The crowds were as large as 30,000 people to hear her messages, but they were mostly mesmerized by her tongue speaking and theatrical healings before the watching crowds. Her preaching was not particularly deep, but she was noted as singing with intense passion. Eventually, she settled down in Los Angeles where she built the 5,300-seat Angelus Temple in the district of Echo Park. Very quickly, Amy Simple McPherson grew into a Pentecostal celebrity. From the Angelus Temple came the establishment of the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. She saw the power of radio, and after receiving a broadcasting license, she ran her own radio station, broadcasting from radio towers located on the roof of her Angelus Temple. In a very short period of time, she became the first nationally known Pentecostal personality, the first female radio tycoon, and the first and only woman at that time to pastor what we would call a megachurch today. She successfully packed her 5,300-seat auditorium several times a week. The Foursquare Gospel Church was named after what are referred to as the four cornerstones, regeneration, baptism of the Holy Spirit, divine healing, and the second coming. Amy Simple McPherson wasn't so much a preacher as much as a performer. Wearing her trademark white dress and blue cape, her charismatic personality and performance giftedness undoubtedly led to her large following. Her illustrative messages were more like musicals full of singing, props, and even acting. The Angelus Temple had a stage large enough to hold a 200-member choir. One wonders how much she influenced much of what passes as preaching today. For example, receiving a speeding ticket, she used the opportunity to talk about this experience in a message entitled, Arrested for Speeding. Reportedly, she delivered her address in a police uniform complete with intermittent screeches of a motorcycle police siren. Naturally, such antics attracted Hollywood, allotting her opportunities to invite actors on stage with her to sing and perform. Amy was also a master manipulator of the press, managing to appear in the news several times a week. The incident of her disappearance could have been a hoax created by herself for attention, but we'll likely never know for sure. Her life ended on a sad note, dying a lonely lady in her mid-fifties. Suffering multiple nervous breakdowns, she distanced herself from virtually everyone she worked with. She had a falling out with multiple partners at Angelus Temple, including both her daughter Roberta and her mother Minnie. She died due to an overdose on sleeping pills, but her influence lives on. The Foursquare churches boast over 60,000 churches, possessing a membership of 9 million people. In addition to this, the Calvary Chapel movement, some 1,600 congregations worldwide, was started by Chuck Smith in Orange County, California in 1968. Smith was a Foursquare pastor before starting Calvary Chapel. 
Another California concept, the Association of Vineyard Churches, was a spin-off of the Calvary Chapel movement, starting in Yorba Linda, California in 1977. There are some 1,500 vineyard churches worldwide. California has always served as the major catalyst of the Pentecostal movement. Beginning with the Azusa Street Revival of 1906 in Los Angeles, the Pentecostal movement has morphed into an American phenomenon. By 1960, Pentecostal doctrine and practices began spreading to independent churches. This created an environment for the charismatic movement to flourish, occasionally breaching the walls of churches within various mainline denominations, but mostly spreading like wildfire within the free church tradition. In this sense, the term charismatic is preferred over the term Pentecostal, because it appears less sectarian and is more vague in terms of denominational allegiances. After all, the charismatic movement prides itself in ecumenical unity, and carefully labeling their movement is one way to do that. But today it's not just Foursquare preachers who have the most popularity, but others within the charismatic tradition as well. There are many church celebrities, such as Joel Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, and T.D. Jakes. Some would classify themselves as Pentecostal or Foursquare, but not all. Others, such as Mike Bickle, Kenneth Hagin, and Kenneth Copeland, are extremely popular as well. The problem with the charismatic movement aside from the fact that it's thoroughly unbiblical, is that the various personalities, holding to essentially the same theology, apply and teach their theology with differing levels. For example, Joel Osteen doesn't conduct public faith healings per se, at least not in the vein of the likes of Benny Hinn, but in one sense this makes him more dangerous because his charismatic teachings are more subtle. He certainly believes in the faith healing teaching of charismatics and encourages his listeners to name it and claim it. So what do we learn from the influence of Amy Simple McPherson and the Pentecostal and Charismatic movements? Let me suggest just three things. First, since the Pentecostal movement spawned, we've seen the widespread toleration and hearty endorsement of women claiming to be called to the ministry. Some of these women call themselves pastors, some teachers. Some are unapologetically charismatic in their doctrine. Others, like Beth Moore, would not be classified leaders, per se, among the charismatic ranks. She's a Southern Baptist. But she has certainly taught charismatic doctrine. She is also not shy about her friendship with charismatic celebrity Joyce Meyer. There are obviously a number of other factors leading to our modern-day acceptance of women as pastors and preachers. We should not pin the blame entirely on Pentecostals. On the other hand, we should not underestimate the influence of Amy Simple McPherson in this area either. She was the first famous American woman claiming to be a pastor and an evangelist. She was the first media-driven female in a mega church. She utilized the radio to spread her message, and her influence did not die away with her. The Bible is clear, however, on the issue of women preachers. Technically speaking, they don't exist. 1 Timothy 2.12 says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Scripture clearly prohibits a woman from preaching or teaching in the presence of other men in church. We can also observe that there were no women apostles and no female writers of any of the biblical books. Second, Amy Simple McPherson and the Pentecostal movement has also influenced what many consider preaching today, even within the church. Once again, it would be unfair to blame Amy Simple McPherson entirely for the lack of biblical exposition in churches today. On the other hand, her theatrical antics, her use of props, her creative message themes based on life experiences, 
and many other things, must make her to some degree a heavy influence on the lack of preaching depth we witness today. Simple McPherson's vaudeville-like messages attracted crowds. Today, there is no question that entertainment plays a vital place in many churches. Singing, sometimes dancing, and productions mark the evangelical landscape. The use of props in sermons, as well as skits, either within a sermon or in the plays of a sermon, have become increasingly popular. Although there has been a recovery of Bible exposition, it's certainly not the norm. Amy Simple McPherson's claim that God told her to, and I quote, preach the word when she was married to her second husband before divorcing him, was most certainly not the voice of God. God did tell Timothy, a man by the way, to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. That's taken from 2 Timothy 4 verses 2 through 4. Well, that time has already come. Sadly, much of what passes as preaching today must be reproved and rebuked. Third, Amy Simple McPherson has influenced the seemingly never-ending list of preacher personalities who are propped up by the media, be it television, radio, or the internet. Sister Amy was the first celebrity woman in this vein. By all accounts, she had a large ego, driving many people against her, especially those closest to her. How many big-name preachers rise to popularity? becoming internet sensations with large ministries before everything comes tumbling down around them. Again, we cannot simply blame Amy Simple McPherson for the lamentable state of Christianity in America. But there is no mistake that her influence has impacted the church in the United States. An honest assessment of her life will reveal that this impact was not good at all, but very, very bad indeed. History is truly his story. It's the story of God and the demonstration of his glory in the theater of world events. I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode of Today in Church History. If you'd like to access more podcasts, you can search for me on Apple iTunes by searching for Today in Church History. History is spelled H-I-S hyphen S-T-O-R-Y. As always, feel free to follow me on Facebook or Twitter. I love to hear from my listeners regarding how these episodes have impacted their life or changed their understanding of history in some way. Perhaps you also have a suggestion on an episode for the future. I'd love to hear it. Please write me. Until next time, I'm your host, Andrew Smith.